You see the uh, scripture on the screen if you want to be looking there, but while you're turning to the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 25, verses 30 through 34, I want to share some other verses with you this morning uh, before I do that. And uh, what I wanted to say was that Paul gives the description of the uniform of faith. And I know uh, I had just prayed a few moments ago that the Spirit of God would override my emotional feelings and I'd be able to share with you a message that God says is important for us to hear today. The topic in a bowl of soup. What does that have to do with our lives? I hope that by way of the Holy Spirit we'll understand a little more about a bowl of soup in just a moment. But first, as I think about Nathaniel being uh, leaving and going off to service, a young man dedicated to the will of our country that he might stand and defend the freedom that we enjoy. I didn't have the privilege of being in the armed services, and I regret that opportunity that passed me by, and yet I just am so thankful that Nathaniel, you're going to stand for me. Paul said, when you go, not only talking about the, the uniform of, of our service, but the uniform of faith. And I want to encourage you to put that uniform on as I've seen you already wear. A uniform that will let you know that the Lord is there and that he will guide you. That he has the power to keep the whole armor of God intact and that he will guide you in every step you make. And it talks about what all we should wear and having our loins girded about with truth. You know the truth if you've grown up in church and realized that we believe on the true uh, speakings of God's word and as he leads us and guides us in our lives. And we believe that if we have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, which that preparation has been going on in your life for some time now, but it will continue. It is not going to be put on hold, but will be very evident in your life as you show the world what a joy it is to know a living God. And I just want you to know that you will carry a weapon. But Nathaniel, the greatest weapon of all will be the sword of the Lord, which is the word of God. May God go with you and guide you, give you a purpose to serve not only our country, but to serve God. And I know he'll be your guiding force that'll be there every moment of your life. God bless you as you go in the strength of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you found your place in God's word as we want to share, we find in the book of Genesis, the very first chapter of the book of the Bible, not the first chapter, but the first book, found in the 25th chapter of Genesis, verses 30 through 34. I'd like for you to stand for the reading of God's word. <clears throat> Genesis 25, I'll find it here in a minute. <clears throat> okay, standing with me as we share. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, that with that same red potties, for I am faint, therefore, and was, therefore was my name called Edom. And Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, 
and said and sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage and lentils, and he, he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Would you bow with us once again in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today for these words that we can look at, that we can see how, Lord, it might apply to our own lives as we sometimes are so willing to trade what's so good for something that's so wrong. And Lord, we just ask you to give guidance today as I search your word and assert your will for the message that I feel that you've laid on my heart, that, Lord, you will guide in the thoughts and may my thoughts be your thoughts and even beyond me, Lord, that you might present the challenge in each life that is gathered here today that they might see there is a joy in knowing a living God, that there is a joy in following you in the direction you'd have us go. Guide us now, Lord, as we check the priorities of our lives and see if we are standing enjoying the spiritual meal that you have instead of the earthly food that sometimes is foolish to partake of. Guide us now, Lord, as we share your word. In your precious name we pray. Amen. May be seated. Before we get into the subject of the bowl of soup, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the necessities of life, how that sometimes it seems like sickness can claim the lives of a lot of people when there seems to be no uh, no medicine that's fit to, to help that and the cure is so negative. And uh, as I thought about that, I, I, I really think I have good news for the doctors and for you and I when something comes wrong in our lives. The medicine was developed by God in the Garden of Eden and we realize that all of us want to live longer lives, right? Sure we do. All of us want life to continue as it is and maybe feel like that the end is pretty far out yonder ahead of us. And so we see in the Garden of Eden when God had made man that he was able to put a diagnosis for man's life that he could live forever. And that medicine or the prognosis of God was that he would plant in the Garden of Eden the tree of life. And the tree of life was a fact that when it was re-emphasized the long years after that in Jesus himself, that he would become the tree of life that would give eternal life to all who would believe in him. And so we see that we will not die as a child of God. We will not have a, a time of death because the Bible says that just to be absent from this life is to be present with the Lord. Well, I want to share with you something happened to me. It was actually yesterday morning, and I'll say again, and you may get tired of hearing it, but I'm not going to get tired of telling you. I woke up at 3.16 yesterday morning. God and I had about an hour, and I want to tell you about that hour I spent with God. I would have loved for you to have been there. We began to talk. We began to realize that things were not right as they are to be in the world today and even in many lives, even in sometimes Christian life and even in my own. And I began to realize the importance that God put on you and I and how that who we are is not really who we seem to perceive to other people. And what I was come to know that God said, I want you to look with me at your soul for just a little bit. And so I began to think about my soul and and how important that that is to God. And you know, when God made the world, when he created man, he did something different than just form out of the clay, the form of a body. 
The Bible says when he had made man, he breathed into his nostrils a living breath and he became a living soul. And so I thought about, you know, I've often said even at funerals that when someone goes to heaven, they get the, the chance at breathing the celestial airs of heaven. Well, that doesn't begin the breath of celestial airs. It began at creation. And when God breathed into your very soul the breath of life and you became a living soul, then you began to experience the celestial airs of heaven and yet still even do today. And I believe with all my heart as we talk about the soul and as we see uh, that God has so much in store for us and how important we are to God. Uh, you are an individual, very special individual, and we need to ask God. Uh, and as I looked at the soul, I certainly couldn't keep from realizing S-O-U-L stood for a sign of undying life. And that's what soul really is because God made it possible that we would not die and that we could have healing. And you know, many times people have the terminal illnesses, cancer and whatever that takes, continues to go until it takes the earthly life of a person. But for the child of God, it does not rob them of life in itself because life continues as it has been promised and as it been, was diagnosed in the Garden of Eden that if we have taken of that medical prognosis of the tree of life, then we will have an eternal existence. Please remember that you are not going to die an eternal separation from the world and family because it is a promise of God. And so I thought about that as I dwelt on them for a little while with, with God and it was just a wonderful time that was able to share and as I say for about an hour we, uh, we just talked back and forth and I wrote down something I want to share with you. Relating to that, it wasn't about me, but it was what it thought about. And I entitled it The Conversation. What have you been doing? A man asked his friend. Been hanging out with Jesus, as he replied with a grin. What did you do? Do you remember things he said? Well, let's see now, he was reply as he stood beside his bed. Oh my, what did you do? What did he say? Jesus looked me in the eye and he said, friends, I'm the way. Sure must have been a good time. I'd love to see him too. That, that is spend time with Jesus and I can't imagine what I'd do. If, if, is he always ready to talk? Sure, he was the, man's word, uh, was the man's word. His voice is so gentle, the softest that you have ever heard. I'm sure he'd love to hear from you. Won't you just, just give him a call? You see, he's so anxious and you and Jesus could just have a ball. Give me a call. Give him a call sometime. Let him know you're his friend. I know he's been waiting. A prayer is how it would begin. May God guide us into the presence of God in such a way that we'd, it'd be a reality. You know, I think sometimes we are guilty of feeling like that uh, the, the presence of God is some sort of a spiritual I can't see existence, but it's not so. God is the spirit and we must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the truth is Jesus Christ came to this life, came to this earth to give his life. He did die, but he arose from the grave and made it possible that we too will have an existence after we go beyond the grave of, of this earthly life. And so as we think about the, the times that we have with God, it seems there's just a whole lot behind the story that we have talked about here in the 
book of Genesis, a story of two boys that were born to Isaac and Rebekah. They were, Isaac, certainly as you know the history of that, Isaac was Abraham's son and he was the one that Abraham would be called upon to offer a sacrifice even of his own son Isaac. And yet God provided And I want you to know if whatever comes to you in your life, whether it be sickness or sorrow or some sort of uh, dismay that you might be dealing with, God is in control. You know, we're living in a world that is getting so pronounced with the ugliness of this world. The immoral acts of God's people seems to be dominating our society. And yet, I believe that you and I as God's people must stand strong in the spirit of God And we can say, I want to say again, we can make a difference. You are one, but you are one. And you can let the world know that you stand on the principles that we should as God's people stand on. Well, as we look at the the story of Isaac and Rebekah, we know that they had prayed for a child. And they didn't realize it was going to be plural when the prayer was gone up, but they was going to have twins. And as they prayed about it and received God's guidance and even Rebecca would receive from God the fact that in, be born within her womb would be a, a people who would represent two nations. And as you look at that, the story, I'll not get into that, but it's a story of how that, you know, Jacob and, and Esau would be born and Esau would be the oldest. He would be born first, but Jacob would be close behind. And uh, Esau would stand in line for the greater portion of the inheritance uh, as it was in those days pronounced to the older child. And yet when we find out that as the little bit of deceitfulness would take place with Jacob and Esau that Jacob would be finally be the one that would carry on uh, the tradition, the call, the promise that Abraham would receive that through his descendants would come a, a earthly people that would pronounce the kingdom of God on earth. And ultimately bring about the kingdom of God in heaven through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so as we see this being very uh, pronounced in their lives, we see that the deceitfulness would come when uh, Isaac, uh, when uh, Esau rather, was out in the field and he came in hungry. Did you ever make the statement, I'm starving to death? You surely didn't really mean that. That'd be pretty hungry. But that's what Esau said. I am hungry even to the point of death. Would you give me some of that soup you've got, that pottage, that red pottage? And so it was that Jacob said to to Esau, I will if. Have you ever been in a situation where you feel like that, well, maybe something that I do might be okay if. Well, if is too big a word to deal with, and I want you to know it was a little too big for Esau too, but anyhow, he would bend over to the call of Jacob, and he would, in fact, relinquish his birthright as the firstborn in order to have some earthly food. I don't know about you, but I think that old boy made a bad mistake. Sometimes we can take our earthly uh, desires and put it in front of the, the spiritual needs And we find ourselves in a terrible want when we find that we have maybe made the wrong decision. Uh, It's faith that reminds us that uh, we are just an imperfect person. A person that God wants to use so vulnerable to Satan and his luring. And and, uh, we get distracted and deceived by Satan himself. And uh, we find that we sometimes trade 
something so good for something so wrong. Now, I want to pause there but with this, and, and it's a very important part to see about this. And it seems to talk about a heritage that we might even sometimes be prone to set it beside the heritage we have as a child of God. I want you to know as a child of God, as a Christian today, your salvation is not a tradable thing. You can't trade it off. You can't bargain with it. It is salvation to the soul by the way of Jesus Christ at Calvary and don't ever doubt the fact that he paid enough to include you and salvation's plan. But as we see this story, it seems like it wants us to look at maybe th things a little lighter than that, the things that enter into the world of living that sometimes distracts us. And I often think about, I, I'm forever re reminded of Elijah and Elisha and their dealing with one another, but Sometimes the priority plunge that we make gets us in, in trouble. It was Elisha who said he would follow Elijah in the ways that God would lead him and he would be a part of that. So much so was it Elisha's need and prayer to God that he went home being a farmer, took the team of oxen that he'd been using to farm with, killed the things and eat them, had a party. They all gathered together to eat, but that's not all Elisha did. He went out and got the plow and he burnt that thing. He was ready to give up whatever the world had to offer for the things of God. Now, I don't know if God has wanting you to give up some earthly something for what he has in mind for you. But I've been there and done that. And I believe it is important. You know, the Bible says if we're not willing to leave father and mother and sister and brother and be a part of man, you're not worthy of me. I remember several years ago as... As a, as a Christian, as a young pastor, I was called on to leave a church that I was raised in. Didn't want to do that, but God said, that's what I want you to do. And I, we did as a family, walked away. And I want you to know that God is a God that will guide us in spite of what we feel like we may have lost. And the gap will be filled with the spiritual needs that we have and will override the physical that we may feel like we have just lost. And so as we, we think about these two boys that had uh, their priorities all twisted and uh, Elisha was a person who was willing to give up so much of his, of his former life to do the life that God had in mind for him and that was to be a servant with and beside Elijah. And so it might be that God's wanting you to do something. And you know what I believe and that is simply that sometimes the... the uh, what do you call it? Like uh, you give up something, you it's not in like a Lent. What Israel sacrifice maybe? But anyway, you uh, well, what in the world's the word? You give up something. It's called sacrifice. Could be, but I believe that sometimes God wants us maybe to give up some wholesome something to get it out of the way that we might have room for God and His way. It's not always that God's calling on his children. You've got something bad in your life. You've got to get that wiped out so I can bless you with the better. And so we need to ask God to help us with the priorities we have in our lives. And sometimes our desire can get in the way. But giving ourselves to God and devoting our lives to him will include sacrifice. It really will. Does it cost to serve God? Does it cost to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? It certainly does. And that cost is something that does not compare 
with the benefits and the, and the uh, joy that can come when you have been able and willing to do just that. But never be ready to trade something that is wholesome and good for something that's not quite so well. As we look at this story of these two boys, we realize that they were people who had given God a promise and God gave it to them also. And their faith would guide them, but they would not be pleasing to God if they were willing to trade the good for the bad. What happened to Esau because of that decision? God still blessed him. He didn't denounce him. He didn't condemn him to a, to a, to a terrible destruction of set, and yet he was not blessed as Jacob was because Jacob became the person who was even actually called Israel later, and he would be, uh, continue to be the father of a nation, Israel, that would become so great, and Jacob himself would be also, as you follow him on down through the time, would be the one who would have 12 sons who would become the 12 tribes of Israel and on and on the story goes. All because, in spite of the unloving ways that maybe they went at some of the things they did, even Jacob himself was, was in deceit along with his mother. And you know, as I read that story, I realized that when Jacob did what he did and he left home, his mother never seen him again. And his mother had, had connived to be deceitful with her own husband. And so we just want to know that God is there with us, will guide us, and sometimes just listen to him. If you will, he won't let you go astray. May God bless you today as we continue to follow wherever he leads us. Would you bow with us in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today for the love that you have for us. We thank you today for being able to walk close to you, to be able to know that you're there and that you want to guide our lives in the way that we need to go. And Lord, sometimes we feel like that maybe we're just out in left field a little bit, but just would you reach out and draw us into your side that sometimes we just feel like that we, our strength is not sufficient, but Lord, we know that with you all things are possible. Guide us now, Lord, in this time of invitation and guide us as we go on through life. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen.